Warning, ProTri News is a podcast with different opinions, knowledge and possibly fake news about triathlon racing. This is not for the faint of heart. If you get offended or hurt by what is said, please stop listening and go listen to some uplifting meditation music or just go work out, then try again. Hello, welcome back to another episode of ProTri News. We are joining you post 70.3 Worlds, post Super League Neom Enduro Championship, and we're all back. Unfortunately, Mark is doing some home renovations, and so he was unable to join us today. But I'm joined by Talbot Cox, fresh back from Disney World. How we doing? How we doing? Uh, Chelsea just asked me if I saw Mickey and Minnie. I only saw Minnie Mouse. That's all I have to say. Not Mickey. He was busy. Pat Lemieux running off negative sleep, changing diapers, running ragged. Sleep deprived, uh, very happy, obviously, how things went on Friday. Uh, and then Kyle, doubly happy because it was a little chilly on the walk this morning that I was doing with George. And he had these very cute booties that you gave him that I was able to keep on, put on, put on his feet and keep his feet nice and cozy. So big shout out for uh, sending those. And no problem. I, I love sending baby presents because I have four nieces. And so it's nice to actually buy stuff for boys. But we also have Chelsea. I'm sure she's dealing with a little post-sleep hangover after being at 70.3 Worlds this weekend. How are you doing, Chelsea? Hey, Kyle. So just so everyone knows my devotion to this sport, I flew out to Las Vegas, drove to St. George, uh, did that whole extravaganza Friday, Saturday morning, drove back to Vegas, flew back to San Francisco Saturday night, and then at 5.30 a.m. this morning, I was in the van with my team heading to Berkeley for my third triathlon of the weekend. So I am a bit tired, but I'm here for you guys because no one else came to St. George. So Sad. Very sad. Um, the devotion, devotion. Well, we have a big show. Let's definitely dive into it. Well, a couple of th- things we want to hit on first. Um, in our pre-show, we mentioned, will penalties play a factor? And they definitely did. Uh, Sam Long and India Lee got some controversial penalties. Um, we can talk about that a little later on. Also, was the result going to be different? Was it going to be the same? Funny enough, Christian and Gustav, even though it was a different course, different conditions, they finished within one second of each other's finish time from last year to this year. So that's pretty interesting little tidbit. Um, and then Taylor Nib rode almost the exact same uh, bike numbers as Lucy Charles did. Also, there was a 17% DNF rate for the women and a 23% DNF rate for the men. Um, so you could just say women are stronger than men. And then the commentary team, I mean, I don't know how much we want to hit on this. Um, the commentary seemed to be all right, good, bad. Uh, Pat and I, Pat, what are your thoughts? I thought the commentary was fine. Um, you know, I think obviously the uh, the ad reads are and the, the plugs are a bit much, but I think overall uh, the coverage, and if you look at it, you know, and I don't want to get too nuanced into the specific um the commentary necessarily i think as an outsider if anybody watched 
that race either on Friday with the women or on Saturday with the men, the production value of the race was very good. So as Talbot would say, I want to tip my hat to Ironman. This two-day format for world championships is is something that I hope sticks around for, for many years to come. I, I think Matt does. I will say Matt Lieto does a whole lot better job on course and uh, like assessing how the race is unfolding. That's a lot better inside. I still struggle with DD and Mike, Michael Lovato there. I, I, I can't speak too much to it because I've never been in a studio and had it entertained in front of a camera for five and a half hours. But just like, I mean, there was multiple times on things that were said that like they kept saying that, Christian Blumenfeld is definitely it's Christian Blumenfeld versus the Olympic gold medalist. And I'm like, D- why, why do they keep saying that Ben Knut's never won an Olympic gold medal, but I think that they were just stuttering their words. Um, and then my favorite thing about Lovato is he always goes, and here they are racing down the Ironman world championship. Ben Knut is like a Harley Davidson or something. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I will say so. having Rennie on the ground also helps um, give kind of the perspective of like, she's moving into the next phase of her career, whether it's going to be commentary for Ironman or um, what have you. But I feel like she's done a great job stepping into that role. Um, also Joe Gamble's early in the season has done a couple of those as well. So yeah. All right. Pretty cool. But let's dive into the women's race. Um, Everyone knows the results. Everyone knows who won, who got the podium. Um, you had the swim leading out was Lottie Wilms, Lucy Charles Barclay. They kind of popped Taylor Nib towards the end of the swim. Taylor Nib took a little extra time in T1 to get comfortable, um, get some warmer clothes on, towel off, and then seemed to just motor ahead and never look back. Um, the battle for second for fifth posed to be a great one. Um, the, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better battle. Unfortunately, no one was going to fight for the win against Taylor, but that battle between Flora, Holly, um, Paula, and the way that Emma Pound Brown was able to run in. Yeah. No, Holly. Did you watch? I watched. I watched. Basically, Lucy, Flora, and Paula came off the bike together, and it, they ran pretty much side by side. Flora came out swinging pretty hard. Were you out there on course, Chelsea? Like, were, were you guys? What were you saying to all of them? I was out there on course. Um, I so first of all, Nib. You know, after riding like that, I'm sure a lot of people were thinking, "How is she going to run?" But that whole first mile or two, where you're hooking up that diagonal road that's a pretty gradual but definite incline she looked like she was running downhill it was impressive i think to get off of that ride and look the way she did running i was like that was i think one of the more impressive things um but the other three they definitely looked a little more battered starting running um but yeah paula i think after a lap flora definitely fell apart um and Paula, I think, found her stride after a lap. So that was really cool to see her have a pretty good race for her. As for what we were telling them on the ground, Talbot, I think, mm-hmm. run, go. Nib's looking, just up the road. You can get her. Looking good, looking good. <laughs> looking good. It's, it's not over till it's over. Not over um, till it's over. But I think uh, Emma Pallant-Brown, I didn't realize she was charging so hard until they were kind of coming down with, 5k to go they popped out of the golf course at 10 miles and 
I looked at Flora and I looked at Lucy right behind her. And then if it was not long and I was like, oh shit, she's going to get them both. She was flying. So Chelsea, do you have any feedback from Paula Finlay? Because it seemed like she had a um, below average swim and she had a little bit larger deficit than maybe she would have preferred. And then I believe it was around mile 20 where she really started to make a charge on the bike and move up. And I thought, okay, it looks like, it seems like Paula's on a good day, but it, it maybe didn't start the way that she wanted it to. Do you have any insight there? Um, from talking to her a bit, and I also sat in on the press conference, not my usual thing, but I just happened to be there. So I heard her so chat you're, there. You're, you're media, you're media. I'm media. I was also, yeah. Uh, it sounded like, I don't know, I think she probably in a perfect day would have swam a bit faster, but she seemed to just kind of be doing her thing all day. And I don't know if you guys, every time the video feed went to her on the bike, she looked beautiful and perfect. And the way she rides, it just looked like she was very in control and probably going about doing her plan all day long. And um, yeah, just knowing what she, how she needed to ride and being patient. So she did put on a whole jacket too in uh, T1. It was, so I feel like my main job today after being there is to tell you guys how freaking cold it was. It was really cold. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> you know, I spoke, I spoke to Taylor the day before the race and I, she was just asking my opinion on the, what she should wear. And I said, said, look, you have to reflect and think about what you would wear if you went for a training ride and it was 39 degrees out and you would be really disappointed shortly after you started, if you left with no socks on. And so it was like, you, you really have to probably think about putting some time into getting dressed in T1 so you don't pay for it for 80K on the bike. Um, and it, it didn't seem like anyone, I'm, I mean, this is just my observ observations from watching Chelsea is that there was probably some people that were super cold, but nobody that like put on too much and regretted it ultimately. Uh, Emma Pallant had made a comment that she thinks that she was too cold, that she should have put on more in transition. And that's where she started to kind of falter on the bike. She could just not warm up. And so she felt like she yeah. really couldn't get into a rhythm until the day started heating up. And then she was able to kind of come back to it. So that, that was something interesting that I had heard, but I mean, kind of like what Chelsea had said, Paula trains in this and someone on the podcast said it, maybe Chelsea on, she was going to have a good day before. And I mean, she sure proved it on the day. Also a note on Emma, she only managed to get one glove on. So she rode the whole ride with one glove. And I had these freaking ski gloves on with nowhere near the same wind hitting my hands and my hands were frozen. So yeah, I, that would be, yeah. I, I saw her leave with only the one glove and I, you know, obviously my head goes to Michael Jackson dance moves, but I thought, I wonder, is she just going to put that on later or what, what hap what's happening here? But, um, so clearly that was a mistake, I guess, on her, on her side. Uh, any other, any other surprises from the, from the women's race? Any other notable mentions? Um, yeah. I wanted to mention that India Lee was in that group with Lucy, Paula, Flora pretty early on in the bike and ended up getting a penalty, around 40k for I'm not sure exactly what but I think she was having a one of I mean maybe the race of her life and unfortunately 
got taken out of that and still managed, I think she was 10th or 11th, only about five minutes down from fifth. So had that penalty not happened for her, that would have been probably a pretty yeah, impressive race and something. Right through, yeah. I, w- I wonder if we would have saw a pack of four off the bike with her running with uh, Paula and them. Mark yeah. picked her in our preview show as someone who might surprise some cold weather blood in her. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, okay. I have a question, but I'll save it till we're done. Do anything else from the women's race? I mean, I, the only other takeaway I have is we, we watched Lucy last year. Of course she has Kona legs in her, uh, and she only was able to really not properly prepare for Kona in this race. But I mean, Taylor is unstoppable. Uh, a surprise that I had too was Chelsea might be able to speak more to this. It seems like Flora and Taylor can ride all day together off the front in WTCS races or whatever. Why? Why is Flora not able to go with her on a, a race format like this? <laughs> I, I mean, I was just curious. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I think that you're going to have a really good opportunity to see that in seven days in Bermuda where they will both be doing a world series. But I mean, I spent the whole weekend with Flora and afterwards she was, I mean, looking at her numbers, looking at everything about her ride saying that I could not have gone any harder. And that was kind of what she had. I think Nib is at this type of riding. No is untouchable at the moment. Maybe you could debate that, but I think that the way world triathlon or short course racing goes is a very different type of riding with more spikes and more technical elements. And I would say Flora is a much better technical rider than Taylor is. Um, So I think that, yeah, we're going to get a really fun chance to see that this weekend in Bermuda. We could talk about that in a bit, but that course is, yeah, it'll be crazy. Crazy. Well, before we get started on the men's race, I do want to let you guys know that this episode is brought to you by Waterfall Bank. Waterfall Bank is the official bank of Pro Tri News and the bank of triathlon. Um, if you want to support someone that's doing more for the sport, doing more for the pros, um, just go and support Waterfall Bank. If it's joining their racing team, um, going to their, they have a lot of socials surrounding the races that their professionals are at. Um, also, you can just go to waterfallbank.com, open up a banking account, um, and it's super, super simple. You could get it done in couple hours so um if you're looking to switch banks make waterfall bank the choice they are the official bank of pro tri news they that are true we need awesome. an unofficial bank should we get an unofficial i'll bank? be chelsea i will be your unofficial bank just send me your money and i'll hold on to it for you okay <laughs> he'll just he'll just invest it in crypto it'll be it'll be great no i don't That's do that crypto gonna go so. well <laughs> um let's let's dive into the men's race the men's race uh i would say started out pretty much as expected with aaron royal leading out the race uh mark dubrick uh i know he's a really good swimmer but i didn't see him going to the front of the race and pounding the bike and then i saw him on the screen and i was like oh all right mark so good friend of the show as well um but the day kind of unfolded uh ben canute and uh Christian Blumenfeld were at the front and KB really, really hammered down. He knew that the gap to Gustav, he knew that he wasn't in the group with him. And I think that he knew that only way he's going to win this race is to put him under pressure. And I was definitely shocked to see Christian just 
hammer, hammer, hammer. What are your thoughts, Pat? I have a lot of thoughts. I think the first thing that I need to reflect on is that I got the, I'm going to put my hand up and admit that I got the swim situation, the swim cancellation completely wrong uh, on that. But what I'm going to move into is that obviously what happened in the men's race, I think is far crazier than my predictions around the swim. So to think about our preview show and to say like, Christian's going to take this race from the front. He's going to, absolutely uh put some heat into the pedals and and see what gustav has on the day i think uh was shocking for for all of us so what's interesting to me you know obviously what happened in the swim aaron royal makes a wrong makes a what he thought was a 180 uh, and it was supposed to be a 90 and there's a gap that then the group rejoins then they come out onto the bike Christian's going harder than I've seen him go maybe ever in a, in a long course race. And I guess the whole time Ben Canute was riding like we haven't seen. And I mean, I'll say it five years and the whole time he's just up there. And I think about how Ben Canute looked in Dallas and it obviously whatever he's done the last month uh, really worked out. So uh, yeah, I thought the bike, was probably about it was probably about normal. I think Magnus Ditlev would have had something else to say about it had he not forgotten his helmet <laughs> in T one, and he could have been up there and had a little bit different impact on the race. But I think you know once we saw that Gustav Eden's gap was blown out to two and a half minutes, we, we kind of saw the writing on the wall. I still don't think we pictured Gustav Eden dropping out, but I I think we. Again, by the time they got to the run, we had we had Christian Blumenfeld marked as the favorite. Is that a fair assessment of the bike? I I, I would say so. I, I mean, I was just like what you just said, shocked to see Christian come out at the front. The, the most interesting thing, and I know we will be able to answer it next week, is to see where Christian swims at. Of course, we see it front pack, front pack, front pack here. There wasn't too much firepower. You only got Aaron Royal, but like, I mean, he could be light years behind in Bermuda with all those guys pushing the pace out of the water. So I'm because it looks like in long course he's swimming really, really good. But I mean, you never know until you get back to the World Triathlon Circuit. But yeah, there's a fact I want to put in here: Christian will not swim front pack in Bermuda. No, yeah. I'm not saying he will, but I w- I'm curious to see his deficit. You know what I mean? Is he going to be way back, like behind the second pack, or is it going to be like he's in the second pack? You know what I mean? Like where he usually is. So c- curious on that. But, yeah, I mean, I watched his Breakfast with Bob interview. They He talks about how he kept turning around, looking for Gustav, did not see Gustav, and just kept hammering and hammering because he knew there was only one way he's going to beat him. I- so I think the closest the gap got was 36 seconds was what we saw on the tracker was it got, it got to within 36 seconds. And then all of a sudden it blew out to like a minute and then it started, it started really going out from there. Um, I think we need to talk about what was going on in the back of the race. When you had a guy like Sam long, who was roughly just under three minutes down out of the swim. And when they went to, when they went to Sam long coming up out of the big climb, he was clearly, chewing through people and moving at a much different velocity. Um, I do think he was primed to have a great race. And then, you know, ultimately I think we got the big drama for the weekend with uh, the way that can I give my interpretation of what I saw on the feed before we knew the penalty Mm -hmm. happened? Yeah. So 
As you're watching the feed, Sam Long is chewing through um, and making very quick work of the people that he's passing. The way that I'm seeing it as he approach, approaches the big group for roughly what is around 10th to 20th place, he gets through four or five people very quickly, but now they're going up the one of them. It's not a major climb, but it's like a hard climb uh, leaving the reservoir. He struggles to pass at the same velocity. He comes up, passes Jackson Laundry, but probably slows way down on his actual speed in which he was leapfrogging people. Jackson sees an opportunity to pass Sam, takes the opportunity, and at one point there are three guys side by side on the road. And Sam looks at Jackson and definitely was shocked by that pass. And, and it's clear that Sam Long struggles to know what to do in that moment, but he knows that it's, I get the feeling that he senses that it's not good for him. So I think in his world, when he slotted in Kyle, who was the guy that Sam Long slotted in behind? He, he didn't slot in behind anyone. He kept riding behind Jackson. You don't think he slotted in, but I thought he slotted in behind the, the, the that, guy. that guy act of passing. He was in the act of passing. He passed that guy and that guy had dropped back and there was a big enough gap. So he went and went ahead and went in front of the guy. All right. So now I don't understand the rules well enough to know what was right or wrong in that situation. But as I was watching it unfold on TV, I had a, I had a very bad feeling that this was not going to end well for Sam. And within somewhere between zero seconds and two minutes later, the official came up to him and gave him a penalty, which I, for the situation, I did not believe was the correct call because it, Sam Long's intent was not to draft anyone there. Um, but he was a victim of the circumstance around where he was moving through. Yes, Talbot? Yeah, I, 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 I think everyone that was watching thought that the penalty happened in that instant. Um, and there's kind of two ways that people are looking at it because, of course, you watched all that happen. It looked like magnet, uh, madness. And then you saw the penalty come. Iron Man later on released an interview on and then also answered a few statements that the penalty did not occur. And what we watched, they said it occurred 60 seconds before it showed Sam Long on the TV, which I thought is pretty strange. Some people say that are calling Iron Man out for covering their butts, saying that they called it, then they realized that there was nothing wrong with it. So they're trying to say he slotted in earlier in the field. Uh, before the camera was on him. Uh, there was some mention that he saw it in front of Eric Lagersham. I reached out to Eric. Eric said that he thought the gap was, Eric said he's kind of getting popped from the group. He didn't feel that Sam slotted it in, but no one really knows where it occurred. I just know that Iron Man said that that's not what the penalty was from. So it's so wishy-washy, but... Yeah, I just... It's hard because we right on the on this podcast we call for more penalties, more penalties, more penalties. We want them yeah. to enforce the rules. And in the case of if they're saying this scenario happened off camera, it's hard for us to it's hard for us to push back on that, right? We didn't see it, yeah. so we can't. We didn't see it, so we can't, I can't. Yeah, we can't really comment yeah. on it. So I think we all believe that the penalty was called around the incident with Jackson. Um, Definitely. Now my my. I go back to uh, 
intent. And this happens in bike racing all the time, uh, with whether it's sprinting or if you're doing like local or regional road races, it's called the yellow line rule where you can't pass the center line. Now there's times when the school of fish, the Peloton will bump out and cross the center line and the officials have to make a choice and say, okay, well, was that a, 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 was somebody a victim of circumstance of the dynamics of the racing in that moment? Or was that actually somebody trying to move out and make a pass illegally? I think the only thing that I'm left with after viewing this weekend was I, I believe that Jackson Laundry was trying to elicit a penalty to Sam Long in that moment, because if you see how easy Sam Long was clearly tired there and Jackson was able to, with, he had a pep in his step to get out and make that pass on Sam on that Hill. Uh, he didn't have to try because he hadn't been passing people for the last 20 minutes. Um, so I guess that's, that's borderline hot take, but I do, I do believe that it was tactical. Yes, Kyle. I have a couple schools of thought on this. One school of thought is when, if this did happen before or after or whatever, I just have a hard time believing that Sam goes past Jackson. Jackson falls completely out of the draft zone, which is what is laid out in the rules, and then is able to put out enough power to pass Sam while he's passing another athlete and put him in a precarious situation. The other school of thought that I have is on Article 5 under USA Triathlon's rulebook about cycling conduct. There has never been a specific rule about slotting in. The specific rules are about drafting, but there is not a specific blurb within uh, from Article 5, Rule 1, all the way down to Rule 11. There's not a specific blurb about slotting in in their rule book. So I would challenge Iron Man over this offseason to figure out what the definition of slotting in is and dr dropping out of draft zones, moving within the Peloton group. If it's extending the draft zone from 12 meters to 20 meters and then making that eight meters between the 12 meters a buffer zone of like, okay, you can slot in within this, this eight meters of the 12 meter zone. I think that that would be something that should be looked at. Yep, I feel like we've said enough on this topic. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I just want to defend Jackson real quick before we move on. Uh, is, it a, uh, is it a dick move that Jackson was pulling through Sam? I mean, racing's racing. Jackson's racing his own race. He's not if, – if he's better on the downhills or the uphills than Sam is, then, I mean, pass him. Could, could could it would have been the proper thing to do to sit behind Sam if Sam's already in a timely manner moving up the road? Yes, but I mean at the end of the day, it's racing. This happens all the time. I think it just it just unfolded like that in the situation. I'm just gonna final thought on it is the only thing that I'm really sad about was I do believe that Sam was gonna impact the race, and so I'm I'm sad for the viewers and for the fans that we didn't get to see that. Um, Agreed. So. That's that's my last point on that. Uh, yeah. Can one we talk thing. about the run? Okay. Oh boy, Kyle. One last. Go thing. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was going to talk about the race overall. What were you going to mention? I was. I was going to move on to the run. Okay. Go ahead. Um, 
I mean, I don't know what we say. We just got to talk about Ben Canute. Well, let, let, let's start with Magnus finally pulls away from the group. They kind of kick Ben. Magnus rolls in, spends about five and a half to ten minutes in transition with KB coming out first. I was like, what in the world is this guy doing? Um, but it looks like Christian really just started putting down the power, uh, running pretty hard. And then I think the world was shocked to see that Ben was not only – running at the speed that Christian was running, but actually ran him down and then moved in front of him. I mean, just going about my day yesterday and I I stepped away from the coverage when they got onto the run, because when I saw Christian uh, Blumenfeld step away, I thought, okay, this is the last we're going to see of it. And then I looked at the peak at the coverage again and Ben caught him. And there were only like, you know, three miles into the race. And I'm just like, uh, what, what are we doing here? So, they continued to keep, you know, to run together. Meanwhile, shortly thereafter, you know, Gustav drops out of the race, which I think again was was shocking. I, I had him picked for the win. And, you know, I mean, there were there were moments when Ben Canute was attacking Christian Blumenfeld. Did you and see Christian's face as he looked over and was like, what's happening? He couldn't believe it. Yeah. No, he couldn't, he couldn't believe it. I, I think the only thing, you know, we don't have a I haven't spoke to Ben, but I is the only thing that potentially would haunt him is like, what if he would have just sat on Christian that entire run and waited? He probably would have got dropped at the exact same amount of time to go, but will it haunt him to just be like, what if I had just sat on him that whole time? No, not at all. No. Okay. Great race for Ben. We don't give him enough love on this podcast. Great day, but sorry, Christian was winning. Also, we've literally talked about the men's race for double the time of the women's race, just so you know. If you watch Christian race, and Ben had a phenomenal race, but just if you watch Christian cross that finish line, it literally looks like that he was nose-breathing that run. I, did, I, I, I thought it a lot of times he was under pressure, and then when you watched the gap open up, Christian was like started high-fiving two miles out, was high-fiving people. Like on a okay. run in the park, but something happened. But something happened early on. He clearly wasn't feeling like that at three miles into the run. He had to get in. He got into a little bit of a groove. Um, he's saving. He's got Bermuda to think about, Pat. Not only that, the guy, the guy ran with Hayden Wild and Alex Yeeter in the Olympics and was able to run away from them. I think. I think yeah. he's had more than enough energy left. He he is preparing to run with Gustav Eden. And it wasn't the case. No offense to Ben Canute, but he's not Gustav Eden. And was like Christian was like, "Oh, I'll let you have all the TV time. I'll just sit here and run on run off your feet." Yep. Anyways, great race, Ben Canute. Jim's tweets really resonating with us all now. Yeah. Shout out to Jim Vance for sending me a text of his own tweet uh, about how <laughs> we're about to find out which athletes peaked too early I and will... which athletes were ready for World Championships. So just before thanks, we move thanks, on, Jim. though. It is, I do want to say, this is what I love about the sport of triathlon, though, is I scrolled through the fantasy picks. We had four people in the top 100 of the, that finished the fantasy that even selected Ben in their top five. Yeah. And no one in a million years would have selected Ben. So that's what's really cool about this sport is athletes have good days, even when they have a rough year. Um, so super cool for Ben. Uh, incredible racing. But... Um, Let's move on to Super League. 
I have one two. more thing before we move on from 70.3 Worlds. This is for the both the women and the men's race. Okay. Obviously, both our male and female champion are going to be focused on the Olympics. Will they be back for 70.3 Worlds next year? It's actually a week after the Paris test event. So, thoughts? No way. Maybe Nib, if she qualifies in Paris for the team, I could see that. But the vibe I was getting from the Norwegians is they're not really that into long course. It's just not that cool. They don't care. No way we see them back for 70.3 World Championship. I bet they poked their head in for Kona and for a couple of PTO races to make cash and make sure they're on the top of the rankings for the PTO. Not next year. Yeah, they'll Kona? race them. Uh, not Kona, but I bet they race some PTO races to make sure that they're making the PTO into the year bonus. Got to get paid, Chelsea. Got to get paid. Yeah, they are poor. Got to pay the bills. <laughs> okay. Got to pay for that health care. <laughs> Let's talk about the random race in the middle of Saudi Arabia. Chelsea, you are a correspondent there as well. Talbot, I feel like I needed you to pick up the slack here for me because I was busy. I tried to watch. I was only watching to watch and see how Taylor did. Um, Me too. I didn't watch any of the men's race. I only caught some of the female race, but it was... Awful. uh, There was 1,900 people watching the live feed, and it was just very struggling. There was also about 10 people watching on the ground, and apparently that was every human body within a 100-mile radius of the site. It was... Pretty shocking, the location of it on screen. I guess my only thoughts, cool racing, uh, great that they're helping the athletes get money, but, I mean, 1,900 people watching. I I, got to say, I I was more invested in when I used to coach a kid's triathlon team. I was more excited watching the race, the kid's triathlon at the local YMCA than I was watching this race. I, I don't I don't think it's I don't think the concept's working. Not, okay, 1900 so, people shows that it's not working though. Well, I don't know what they want. I mean, if they're going to pay the athletes that amount of cash, of course, why wouldn't you do it? I can't imagine the amount of money that Georgia and Hayden would have made over I, I have no idea. It's a lot of money over these five races, but they could have at least brought in a few more spectators even if they were camels. Like there was nothing there. Like, I don't know. It was it was pretty bad. Also, it was really disappointing to see that Bahrain was the team that ultimately won, just in terms of a by two a points human, a human rights perspective between Bahrain being the team that wins in Saudi Arabia. Another thing, I don't know if you guys know they did this, but it might have been one or two days before they had a, a swim off between maybe four or five of the guys there who are all really fast swimmers, 120 meter. It must've been, I don't know, a longer pool, $5,000 in the line. And the guys they had swimming were Jamie Riddle, Chase McQueen, Taylor Reed, Hauser was there maybe. So guys who, Jamie Riddle, McQueen, guys who aren't necessarily winning that overall. So $5,000 is a lot of money to these guys, but you look at this and it almost is kind of sad. It's this like hunger games They're making these, like, I don't know, just kind of that whole concept of making these people battle it out for money. And, yeah, it just rubs me the wrong way. But 
just just to run through the results real quick on the female race, you had Georgia Taylor Brown winning it, Sophie Codwell second, and Beth Potter um, is coming into form before the Olympic qualification, which is looking good for her uh, third place. And then Taylor Spivey was in fourth. And then in the male race, you had uh, Hauser kind of run away with it with about a three second gap over Jonathan Brownlee. And then followed he did get by- a, a short with a short shoot with the short shoot and then followed by a pretty good little gap to uh, Hayden wild. So, and then the overall series were taken by Hayden wild and Georgia Taylor Brown. So they both each got a $50,000 bonus in addition to all the individual races, race winnings. Yeah. So, uh, I just, Super League is over for the year. I know, but I'm just saying if there's that much money being invested into something, I think that they'd be better off trying another format. If if your grand final, you have 1,900 people watching online, whatever to how many people are there, you have 1,900 people watching online, I think that this it's time to try another format. Yep, I would agree. It's It's not uh, all there. I wish there was a way that they could take over um, potentially like an, uh, have a series within the ITU stuff. I so agree a hundred percent. Somehow I wish that they could be in cahoots in a much more positive way and, and thinking yes. about, you know, are there, are there races that are branded or maybe is the whole series branded super league is the, just the sprints or like the enduro format races or those super league are the world cups, I, they, my problem is, is that there's, there's too much bifurcation right now in the sport and there's all these separate leagues. And I think ultimately there's room for two or two and a half. And I think that we're seeing that for the sport to really thrive, some people may need to, I'll I'll just say it, like suck it up a little bit and swallow their pride and, and go where there's, um, where there's already some success. And so I think what we saw with the Ironman world championships and 70.3 world championships, uh, given participation numbers, those are premier events. Those are the biggest and the best. And I think the, the PTO will look for opportunities to in the future to uh, attach themselves to already established key events. And because they don't want a repeat of Dallas or Edmonton, in my opinion, and uh, I think Super League and, and World Triathlon could work together in a, in a great way here. I see, I see massive opportunity. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't agree with you more. It's like the only thing that sucks the most is Super League does such an incredible, incredible job with their social media marketing and promoting the athletes, and World Triathlon does such a terrible job. So just like if the two could just marry, I think it would help the sport of triathlon from a short course standpoint incredibly but chelsea will we ever see it happen doubtful but never say never um all right i missed miss that entire the entire conversation so i apologize super league, super league needs a rebranding um in other races uh coming up this weekend we have 70.3 cabo there's some names in the start list jackson laundry a couple more but uh, we'll see if jackson even shows up uh, another 70.3 in South Africa, Henry Schumann's on the start list, uh, I guess coming into form before he's 
kicks off his year with short course. You got Bradley Wise, Matt Troutman, Emma Pallant Brown's on there as well. Don't know if a lot of these athletes are probably going to show up after uh, 70.3 World Championship, but the headliner this weekend that we have all been waiting for, the queen herself's race, Flora Duffy, WTCS Bermuda. Chelsea, what are your thoughts? Talbot, for a minute you were going to go. Doesn't sound like that's happening. One too many triathlon trips. I just want to be home for a bit. Well, yes, the World Series circuit is returning to Bermuda. Gosh, was the last time 2019? I think so. Um, new course this year. Usually or in the past, it's been 10 laps with Corkscrew. I think actually renamed Flora Duffy Hill. It is now a little bit longer laps. There are only eight. You go up the Corkscrew slash Flora Duffy Hill and continue to climb. So it's actually an even harder course. Um Wow. Of note, people racing. There are a few sitting it out. It is a lot of travel if you've just done that Super League rodeo. So I think on the women's side, Cassandra Bogrand and Georgia Taylor Brown will not be there. Also, there aren't a ton of Brits. I think there's another Brit or two sitting it out. Those countries, the French especially, I think, opting to focus on that championship racing experience that kind of just focus and execute it in Abu Dhabi. Um, but you will have Flora, Taylor Nib, um, Spivey. All these people are coming in a bit tired after this past weekend's racing. But still, I think it'll be a good race. Um, on the men's side, Kyle, who do we have? I know the return of Vincent Louis. We've got Hayden, right? No. Hayden Wild, Tyler Mislichuk, Yella Geens, um, Christian Blumenfeld, Gustav Eden, uh, Alex Yee. Yeah, and I would. Don't forget, coming off a win, Matt, Matt McElroy. Matt McElroy. You got the Americans, Seth Ryder, Matt McElroy, Kevin McDowell, Chase McQueen. Brent Demarest. We don't care about the Americans. We do only care about the Americans. Hey, hold on a second. I wish Mark was here so I could give him some shit about Top American at uh, the races this weekend okay. at 70.3 Worlds. Keep your eye on Kevin McDowell in Bermuda. He's a dark horse for me. You heard it here first. Heard it here first. Anyways. I think, Chelsea, when this race happened in 19, correct me if I'm wrong, was this the year that it was the Norwegian sweep and everyone was like, Whoa. No, that 18. was at 18. No. Okay. Uh which one was the monsoon insane weather year? I think that was 18. 18. 18. I think it was that 18. That was crazy. I was there for both of those 18 and 19. Pretty cool place to be. Hard to get to. Very expensive once you're there, but lovely island. And okay. great. Chelsea, when, when, when you're looking at these start lists, is this something that does, when you think, do the Norwegians even stand a chance against someone like Vincent Louis and Yella Geens, or are they just wanting to completely pounce and be like, welcome back? I mean, as we know, it's hard to count Christian out, but I think he would have to have a very good day to podium. And Gustav, I don't think, is touching a top 10. 
Okay. And then what about the woman's side? Like, it, can someone like Taylor sneak onto the podium? Could she win the thing? Nip. Flora with racing last oh, weekend for as sure. well. I think, I think it's going to be one of those two that wins, Nib or Flora. And why isn't Georgia Taylor Brown coming? Just too big I of think travel? She's literally fried after Super League and wants to go and have a good race in Abu Dhabi. So, also interesting, this is the second to last that will contribute to that overall series, which is significant for people. If Flora wins in Bermuda, it will make Abu Dhabi a very exciting grand final for uh, the overall series between her and Georgia. So if you're looking at those races behind the actual race, there's something for the statisticians to unpack. Because she'll get a thousand points, right? So that'll bring her almost yep. level with actually, Georgia. For the series, you only have four countable scores. And they're this season, which started back in September 2021 with Hamburg, I think, has had a, a lot of races. So um, some people are maxed out on scores, someone who's been racing a lot. And you can ob obviously always better your scores, but. Uh, for Georgia to come to Bermuda and win, she would have four perfect scores, I believe, which would make Abu Dhabi a pretty smooth sail for her. So, Can I just say how much I love the way that World Triathlon does their rankings? I just wanted to say that real quick. Um, all right, let's dive into hot takes so we can wrap this thing up. Oh, we got a lot, don't we? No, oh, we have a few. So... Last week we talked about our partnership with, um, with, sorry, with Waterfall Bank, and we spoke a lot about how we were going to go to a bunch of different races and things like that. Um, some things we're also trying to do is we're trying to help the professional athletes as far as um, additional pay. We're going to basically try and do a complete um, letter and overhaul of the points and. Uh, rules and regulations. Um, we're going to go through the competitive rules provided by USA Triathlon with a fine-tooth comb. Um, if there's some rules that stand out to you, Jocelyn McCauley's been sending us some that are just like head scratchers that keep her up at night. So um, if you have some rules that you want us to talk about or that really just don't make a whole lot of sense to you, send them to us and we'll include them in what we're going to submit to USA Triathlon. And, and, not, and not only USA Triathlon, one rule that we've also chatted about with the head official of Ironman, uh, which is Jimmy Riccatello, on the 20-meter draft rule, at least for the championship races, he says that it is not his call. It is World Triathlon's call. And so we are thinking about just starting a petition to sign so they can see how many people are in favor and support. Um, and we will more than likely do that this off season. So we will keep you guys updated on that once we get all the wording and lettering and uh, website to get a sign up on, because we really do want to not only get on here and ramble about the sport, but actually give back to the sport and help the professional athletes as that is the entire goal of this podcast. Um, another thing I wanted, I put on here was uh, Ironman social media marketing uh, some people know, but I actually started the Ironman triathlon Instagram account, uh, when I was like 14 years old, I did all the posting at the start and I eventually was forced to hand it over to them, whatever to that. But it seems like it has just been nonchalantly posted on. They've never taken it serious. They've never ever hired a social media marketing manager or whatever. 
until this last week. And I am so excited that finally Iron Man is being professional with their social media. They're trying to take it to a new level. If you saw the actual media they're posting with statistics and reels and they're actually taking it seriously. I mean, I'm shocked it took this long, but it really excites me because this is what helps grow the sport and grow athletes. So exciting to see that whether they've been forced to by watching PTN, us, Pro Tron, no, uh, <laughs> Professional Triathlon Organization and Super League uh, really hammer down what social media marketing looks like in the sport of triathlon. Um, maybe they've finally taken note. Pat? I'm going to just say like my my hot take, I guess, is that I'm I'm incredibly bullish on Ironman right now. And I'm, I'm incredibly bullish on the future of triathlon after seeing, you know, what we'll call the October was the month of, of championships. And I'm, I'm really excited for what lies ahead. I think it's, you know, we make fun of these ad reads that Ironman's doing, but clearly they've got inbound uh, resources that they're, that they're putting to use on race day. And there's interest from brands outside of the sport. Um, and they're interested in partnering with a, with an organization like Ironman. So I ultimately, I think that bodes well for the sport as a whole. So um, I'm, I'm really excited. Nice. Well, <laughs> that is it for us for wait, the wait, week. Wait. I want to say something else. Go for I got to give a massive shout out to the obsessed triathlete app and the beautiful That's fantasy true. league that they've made. They've also reached out to us, Talbot, if you want to throw your hat in the ring. Uh, they want to do a collab and do a live feed of one of the races. So we would be essentially the commentary team. So if you want us to do that, send us a DM and say, you guys should do it. An so, Ironman race? Allegedly. You're looking to have lawyers slap letters on your door asap but we will definitely look into it um that is going to be a very fun app for next year though through the world triathlon series season maybe we can put together like a fantasy for the whole year on points and all that that would be super exciting with a massive giveaway with a massive giveaway yes all right well thanks so much for tuning in this week uh i just want to i have a massive favor for everyone we are almost at, I hate asking for this, but we're almost at 10,000 followers on Instagram. If you listen to the podcast, please share our Instagram and podcast with your friends uh, that are of the sport of triathlon. Don't send it to your family because they could care less. But we are trying to grow that. It really helps us, helps our brand and the credibility. So make sure to pass that along. Uh, we are officially through the long course championship year uh, as we dive into the next short course race. Short course races, we will do our best to give you some inside detail, mainly just from Chelsea hearing it all and going to the races. Um, thanks so much for listening this week. And we will looking forward to chatting with you next week after Bermuda.